Well, good morning. It is so good to be with you. I'm Reverend Nicole Riley, and I was your lead and teaching pastor. Now I am your social media manager, and uh, I also manage social media for other churches, and I am mostly a coach for clergy. So that is how I spend my time, but it is always great uh, to be back with you all. Uh, If you want to follow along with today's sermon, there are sermon notes, they're on our app, and that will help you kind of navigate all the things we're going to talk about today. Because we are in our series, Come to the Table, and we're looking at Luke's Gospel, and we're talking about Jesus sitting at table, or being with people around meals, or gathering in community. And today we're going to talk about how Jesus provides for us. And when I started thinking about this, first thing I started thinking about was when I was in seminary, many, many years ago. When I was in seminary, I had a professor. Uh, Her name is Marjorie Suhaki. And she is a great theologian, meaning she thinks big thoughts about God. And she had this thing where she told all of us new students that she would love us to come to her office and tell our faith story to her. And that she would listen, and then she would tell us what kind of our overarching understanding of God or our overarching approach to faith was. And so I'm, I'm a little bit of a rule follower, not a lot, but a little bit of a rule follower. So I signed up, and I met with her, and I shared my journey, and I talked about how I had left the church when I was in my teenage years because I was searching, and then how I'd come back in my early 20s, and that how I was trying to figure out how God was a God of hope and love in the midst of my brother's sudden death. And she asked me a lot of questions. And I tried to answer as as best I could. And at the end, she said, you know, Nicole, what I hear in your story is a belief that God will provide for you. That God will make a way. And when she said that, I wasn't really sure she was right. Because I always thought of myself as someone who doubted a lot, as someone who questioned God a lot. But as I thought about it, I thought, you know what, I think she's right. Because underneath it all, I believed, or at least I wanted to believe, that God would provide, that God would make a way. What about you? Do you believe that God will provide for you, that God will make a way for you in your life. Material things, yes, I think that's often what we think of, but I'm thinking also about those deeper things of life, that God will provide a way for you to live a life that is meaningful, that has purpose, that matters. This is what I want to explore today. I want to talk about how it is that God provides for us, and not just how God provides, but also how we can 
open our lives up in such a way that we will receive more of God's provision for us. Does that sound good? Okay. So let's start with our scripture. Our scripture is the feeding of the 5,000. This is Luke 9, 10 through 17. It says, on their return, the apostles told Jesus all they had done. Then, taking them along, he slipped quietly into a city called Bethsaida, where the crowds found out about it, and they followed him, and he welcomed them. And he spoke to them about the kingdom of God and healed those who needed to be cured. The day was drawing to a close, and the twelve came to him and said, Send the crowd away so that they may go into the surrounding villages and countrysides to lodge and to get provisions, for we are here in a deserted place. But he said to them, you give them something to eat. And they said, we have no more than five loaves and two fishes, unless we are to go and buy food for all these people, for there were about 5,000 men. And he said to the disciples, have them sit down in groups of about 50 each. And they did so and had them all sit down and taking the five loaves and the two fishes, he looked up to heaven, and he blessed, and he broke them. And he gave them to the disciples to sit before the crowd. And all ate and were filled. And what was left over was gathered up, 12 baskets of broken pieces. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. So here we have a text where Jesus is teaching people. He's teaching them about the kingdom of God. And people have come to be cured of their diseases. And as the day closes and the disciples are like, it's time for everybody to go home. Jesus says, no, put them in groups. Let's feed them. And he takes what they have and it becomes more than enough. In fact, so much that there are 12 baskets of leftovers. It's a miracle story. It's a story about a little becoming a lot. Now, the first church that I ever worked at, my pastor, Chuck Rose, one of my first Sundays there, he said to me, this week, we're preaching on the story of the feeding of the 5,000. Nicole, do you think that Jesus actually took those five loaves and two fishes and multiplied them enough to feed 5,000 people? Now, I don't have any trouble with miracles. I think miracles happen all the time. And so I said, no, I, I have no trouble with the idea that that's what happened. And then he told me how he saw this a little differently. He said, he saw that there was a miracle here, but it was not what I was thinking. He believed that the people had actually brought their food with them and that the miracle was that they took their food out and they shared it with the other people who were there. So the food was already there, but they shared it. That was the miracle. And if you know anything about people, sharing, when people do share, that does be quite a miracle sometimes. So 
Either way, you may be somebody who has space in your mind and heart for miracles, or you may be someone who likes my pastor's understanding of this. But regardless of where you are, today's message has something for all of us about what it means that God provides. Because God's nature is to provide. It is God's nature to provide for every single one of us. And we see this in one of the most difficult scriptures in the whole Bible. It's often referred to as the binding of Isaac. Now this is the story in Genesis where Abraham takes his son, Isaac, up the hillside, believing that God has asked him to sacrifice his son. But even though he takes his son, if you look at the text, one of the things you can see is that Abraham trusts that God will provide a way out. In Genesis 22, Abraham speaks of God as the God who provides. He gives him the name Yahweh Yira, which means the Lord will provide. And in that scripture, God does provide. In fact, if you look at scripture as a whole, you see story after story of how God provides. In Psalm 121, it talks about my hope, my help comes from the Lord who made heaven and earth. God provides. Or in Philippians 4, God will supply all of our needs according to his riches in Jesus Christ. God provides. The scripture says it and shows us over and over again. But here's the thing I want you to hear this morning. We often are confused about what it means when we say God provides. And because of that, we miss out on God's provision. So today I want to help us understand how God provides and how we can be more open to what God wants to give us in life. And so I need to start with something that's a little bit squishy, a little bit difficult, and it is this. Are you awake? Okay. I want you to understand that the nature of our God is that God is in the human development business. This means that none of us are going to have an easy life. None of us are going to get through, however long or short our life is, with everything going according to plan. So if your life has gone off the rails at any point, you are in company of everybody else in the world. You know, one of the hardest things when we talk about how God provides for us is we sometimes don't understand this. We don't understand that a loving God wants more for us than an easy-peasy life. This can be a hard truth to embrace because, frankly, we want an easy life, do we not? Now, I like reading books where people do amazing things, and there's never been 
one of those books where it said, every day was perfect. Or there were never any struggles or problems. Or life was easy street. Nope. Our culture, though, <laughs> seems to think that what life should be is easy, that life should be comfortable, that life should be Instagram perfect. But if you want an easy life, don't get married. <laughs> because love is hard. If you want an easy life, don't have kids. Because kids are challenging. If you want an easy life, don't set goals or learn things. Don't ever challenge yourself because those things are hard. And remember, don't work to make the world a better place because there is nothing harder than that. To be fully human is to live a better than happy life. Yes, there is much that is better than an easy and happy life. Think about the people you admire, the people who have gone through it, who have done hard things, who have learned and grown and come out the other end. People you admire, people who have modeled for you what life is all about. Their lives were not easy, but their lives were meaningful. Their lives were filled with purpose. God's provision isn't about taking away life's challenges because God is in the human development business. And your life is a perfectly designed curriculum to take you through the things that God wants you to learn and to know. So while we often want to push aside trouble and push aside challenges, they have a lot that they actually are here to teach us. So I start here this morning as we talk about God's provision because we often mistakenly believe that God's provision is about taking away all of life's challenges. That God's provision is about making our lives like they were or making our lives easier. And that's actually not what God's provision is about. And when we believe this, we actually miss out on what God is doing and how God is providing for us. So let's look at what God's provision actually is. We're going to get that from our text. And we're also going to look at how we access that provision. So what is God's provision? What does it look like? A couple things. The first thing is this, God's provision does for us what we cannot do for ourselves. You know, uh, today's text with the feeding of the 5,000, God provides this miracle of multiplication or this miracle of people sharing, if you're my friend Chuck Rose. 
And in that miracle, they experienced something that was way beyond what they could ever do for themselves. There is much in our lives we are to do for ourselves. We can pick up the phone and call the person that we are struggling with. We can get our lives a little healthier and running a little better. We can uh, go to school and get the education that will help us in our career and calling. But in each of these examples, and in a whole bunch more, we will come to the end of ourselves. And when we come to the end of what we can do for ourselves, that is where we find God. God meets us and gives us strength. God opens doors. God gives us wisdom. God then makes a way. God, God's provision does for us what we cannot do for ourselves. Number two, God's provision calls us past where we currently are. You know, when you are faced with trials, when you are faced with challenges, God's provision calls you past where you find yourself. It calls you to grow. It calls you to learn. It calls you to trust more in him. It calls you to be more creative. Uh, scripture puts it this way in Romans 5. It says, we also boast in our afflictions, knowing that affliction produces endurance, and endurance produces character, and character produces hope. And hope does not put us to shame because God's love has been poured into our hearts through the Holy Spirit that has been given to us. When we are faced with challenges, God doesn't just say, well, I guess that's just how it's going to go. What I've heard God say in the midst of challenges is, well, what are we going to do with this? Or how can this be the start of your next chapter? Or who can you become as you live into this? In our text, the disciples were changed by their experience of this miracle. It opened doors of understanding for them about who Jesus actually was. And they moved past where they were to where God was now calling them. God's provision calls us past where we are. And number three, God's provision doesn't look like what we expect. You know, did the disciples in our text expect a miracle? No, not so much. They wanted to send the people home, right? And Jesus said, no, 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 you feed them. They had had a long day teaching and healing, and they just wanted to move on. What God did did not look like what they expected. But, but I have noticed in my own life, when I ask God for help, it's as if I'm asking God to take out his notepad and take an order from me. You know, I expect God to deliver what I have in mind. Kind of like if God were the cosmic DoorDash. 
but that isn't how it works. God always shows up in ways that are beyond our imaginings. In times when I have needed God's provision, I have seen God open doors, and I've seen God close doors. I have seen God send people, and I have seen people leave. I have felt God's strength, and I have also found myself on my knees in need of God's help. God's provision may not look like what we expect. We may pray for a cure, but God sends a strength. We may pray that a marriage is saved, but God gives us help through our grief. We may pray that our children never experience harm or difficulty, but God gives us wisdom to comfort us and to help us guide them through their lives. God's provision may not look like what we expect. So these are the three things I want you to see this morning about God's provision. God's provision does for us what we cannot do for ourselves. God's provision calls us past where we are into our future and into growth. And God's provision often does not look like what we expect. So this is all helpful to know as we study what it means that God provides for us. But I think what's just as helpful is to figure out how it is that we become able to access more of God's provision in our lives. So the most powerful thing I know about this, and it's just one thing, so if you're thinking about lunch now, what I need you to do is just look up here, because this is the reason you got up this morning. Here's the thing I want you to know. When you rise each day, have the expectation that God will provide for you. Now, why is this? Well, because when we have this expectation, when we have this hope, when we have this trust, we will then be on the lookout for how God is actually showing up in our life and meeting our very real needs. What you look for, you see. We know how this works all the time with other things, like, you know, when you get a new car, all of a sudden you notice everybody else seems to have that car. Or if you decide you don't like somebody, then you just become really focused on everything they do that you think is wrong. Our brains are super good at finding evidence for us. So give your brain the job to find the evidence that God is providing for you. And here's how you do it. Take a moment, could be at the beginning of the day, could be as you drive, uh, could be as you have a cup of coffee in the morning, whenever it works best for you, and say, God, 
Show me how you are providing for me. And then if you need some specific provision, ask for it. Something like, show me your provision in my relationship with this person or in this situation or that situation in my life. God, show me what you are doing and guide my steps and help me to act on and to live into your provision. Now, here's what happens when we do this, when we start our day asking God to give us the eyes to see how he is providing for us. A couple things happen. The first thing is you're going to start worrying less in your life. Would you like to worry less in your life? Yeah. When we are focused on how God provides for us, we worry less because we trust more. It's like Jesus said here in Luke 12, I tell you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat, or about your body, what you will wear. Can any of you, by worrying, add a single hour to the span of life? If then you're not able to do so small a thing as that, why do you worry about the rest? You know, I think we worry because that's how we're wired as people. And this week I heard someone say something that really spoke to me about this. They said, I don't know, but I trust that God does. I don't know, but I trust that God does. I like that. Because I don't know about your life, but I often do not know. <laughs> but I can trust that God does. I can lean into my faith. I can lean into my belief that God does know. So if you struggle with worry, which at times we're all going to fall into, know that affirming God's providing will decrease your worry. And second, you will live more. I don't know if you noticed, but life is hard. Have you noticed that? I mean, maybe not today. We're sitting in a beautiful place with air conditioning, right? But you had a hard time this week. Probably most everybody had something that came up. There might have been things that were beginning in your life, but there might have also been things that were ending. When we partner with God and we look to his providing, we will find that life takes care of itself much more so that we can live it more. We will find that we can relax more, that we can trust more, and that we will experience one of the best feelings there is, which is that God has our back. God provides. We heard it in our text today, that the God we know in Jesus Christ provided for those people and that provision increased their faith. So, back to you. Will you take the next step in your own faith? Will you take a moment this week when you're driving to the work or driving to the store or when you have a cup of coffee in the morning and will you say, God, I want to see it. Show me how you are providing for me. Guide my steps and help me to live into your provision.
Because I know God wants to do so much in you and for you. Will you be on the lookout with expectation for God's providing in your life? I sure hope so. Let us pray.